And welcome, friends, to Generations. Kevin Swanson, your host with you, Steve Vaughn, as well. And we're going to come back to the pro-life issue on this edition of Generations, uh, largely because this, I believe, to be one of the most defining issues of our day, if not the most defining issue of our day. We're talking about human life. We're talking about the Sixth Commandment here. We're talking about the reason why God destroys nations for the shedding of innocent blood and typically sexual perversion. But, um, wow. The pro-life movement, it seems that there have been some measure of success for pro-lifers who've raised the issue over the last 50 years of pro-life activity. But now it seems that the U.S. Department of Justice is pressing hard against pro-life activism or those who want to protest or those who want to hold up signs at abortion clinics and such. Um, Here we've got a threat of 11 years in prison and a fine of up to $350,000 for these three pro-lifers, and I believe the number is actually eight altogether, two different uh, places, uh, Washington, D.C. and New York City, two places in which uh, there's serious prosecution happening. Uh, The U.S. Department of Justice, or Injustice, has prosecuted three pro-life activists for a protest that was held at abortion clinic in Washington, D.C. The DOJ announced on Friday the federal jury convicted Jonathan Darnell Jean Marshall and Joan Andrews Bell, each of a felony conspiracy against rights and the FACE Act offense. The defendants face 11 years in prison, as I said, for 50 years. Uh, Joan, I think she's something like 70 years old. If I'm not, she's 73 years old or yeah. 74 years old. I'm sorry. Uh, 70, Jean is 73 and Joan is 74 years old. So for 50 years, Joan has actually been involved. So, I mean, that's since 1973, I guess, roughly. Joan has peacefully protested the violence of abortion through sit-ins and rescue missions. Um, Joan and her husband, Chris, have helped 8,000 women, many of whom are facing homelessness and single motherhood. They have seven beautiful children, six of whom were adopted, some with special needs. I guess all with special needs. I mean, you look at their photo, it's like amazing uh, in that, you know, there's a lot of love in that family. There's no question. There's a lot of love in that family. But... um, they have adopted six children, seven children total, and she faces 11 years, potentially the rest of her life in prison for encouraging women not to abort their children. According to reporter Tyler Arnold, after the jury's verdict, Joan Bell's children were in the audience shaking and crying. Let me be clear, friends. The elderly mother of seven was not violent. She did no violence to the person of anybody. It was the abortion clinic that was dismembering the babies. Okay, so, you know, just to get this in a right frame of mind the dismemberment the violence that's going on the chopping up uh human beings was happening in the abortion clinic that wasn't joan doing it now joan is facing 11 years in prison also five pro-life activists are facing as many as 11 years in prison in the new york city abortion clinic um from 2020 uh so you've got at least five others that are uh, facing similar charges and uh, and something of a sentence that could be as long as 11 years. Now, these are extremely tyrannical laws, Steve. Uh, I think you can argue that Christians should be able to protest. I mean, so, some say no. Christians should never protest, but tell that to John the Baptist or Elijah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not saying that everybody is called to protest or to hold up signs outside of an abortion clinic. I, I get that. Not everybody is called to be John the Baptist. 
And you can Monday morning quarterback these Christians who are attempting to stop the murder of the innocents. But there's hardly any way to get around Proverbs 24, verses 11 and 12. Deliver those who are drawn towards death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. Now, again, it's not saying that you you need to run out and kill people who are stumbling to slaughter. It's just hold them back, it says. Nothing wrong with holding people back from stumbling to the slaughter. That's all we're saying here. Yeah. That's the proverb. The proverb simply says, hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we didn't know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will not he render to each man according to his deeds? So it does seem that there is an obligation on the part of all of us to be involved at some level to holding back those who stumble to the slaughter, whether it be through public policy positions, whether it be holding up signs outside of abortuaries. But I think we all have a responsibility to say, no, that's not okay. It is not okay to dismember babies. You know, it is not okay to put babies in some kind of an acid bath and chew up their flesh and uh, throw them down a garbage disposal. That's just not okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, you take a look in, in the Bible, wouldn't you say pretty much every prophet was protesting something? Um, the judges, every one of the judges, they were standing up against the the current administration or the people who had tried to take captive or had taken captive the children of Israel. The, the Bible is full of protesters. And and so, yes, I think there and the Constitution allows for us to have a peaceful assembly. It, it, it allows us to petition the government. It allows us freedom of religion. And so these are there are all kinds of issues that show this to be an entirely tyrannical uh, type of policy against Christians. And, and we get the fact that people tend to want to kill the prophets. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 23. He said, hey, you guys were the guys who murdered the prophets. Fill up the measure of your father's guilt. Therefore, I send you prophets, wise men, scribes. Some of them you will kill, crucify. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from cities. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you certain things and you won't like it. And you'll throw them in prison for it. Yeah, we get it. They've been doing that since day one. And didn't Stephen say, which of the prophets did you guys forget to kill? <laughs> yeah. You know, did you, did, did, did something, you know, did you miss somebody? And, and that, that, of course, I think is what is happening here in this situation as well. I don't believe that these protesters were violating the laws of God. Is trespassing all right if you're saving a life? I believe it is. I think it's okay. And I don't think there's any civil punishment that you should bring against somebody who trespasses, merely trespasses. It's it, not it, even it, trespassing. Is, is, is it okay to tell a person not to kill a child? Is that a violation of God's laws? No, of course not. So again, this is called injustice. This is the Department of Injustice, and this is a federal law that was passed by a wicked Congress and a wicked U.S. Senate and signed by a wicked president of the United States, the FACE law. These are just wicked, evil people who are killing the prophets in the same tradition as what they did to the apostles and others who spoke against the evil, the sinfulness that was going on in the first generation church or the first-generation Judaism. So now, should the civil magistrate be committing the murders? Does the individual have the position and the responsibility and moral right to stop the civil magistrate? Well, not necessarily. I believe the lower magistrate has a responsibility to do that, but not the individual. Now, I'm just saying, if the civil magistrate is out there committing murders. Now, if individuals are out there committing murders, do we have responsibility to do our best to stop it? And, and to stop it through nonviolent means. Well, yeah, obviously, nonviolent means. That is obvious, I think. So, friends, I think we're in a position right now where we need to stand up 
for these pro-life protesters and simply say what is happening in Washington, D.C., in prosecuting these people and placing them in a position where they're going to have to pay $350,000 and serve 11 years in prison is just a primary injustice that should not be happening in America today. Well, we'll be back in just a moment with more on Generations. Friends, what's happening with the other protesters? There, there are other protesters doing things. Do you know what? Climate protesters, Black Friday, Amazon protests, believe it or not, Black Trans Lives Matters protests. There are other protests across the country. Why, why are they throwing the book at the pro-lifers? Well, that's the commitment of an evil administration. That That's the commitment of these principies and powers that are bringing gross injustices upon this country even as we speak be back with more in just a moment on generation stay with me hello my friends for the last 15 years the generations team has produced a christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a god-centered Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations. Kevin Swanson. Also, Steve Vaughn is my co-host on this edition. And I promise I'll give you opportunities to speak from time to time, Steve. I'm just that kind (laughs) of guy. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I've got all these news stories, and some of them connect with each other. And I want to throw this one in as well. This is a YouGov survey done in UK. A little over three quarters of British citizens are in favor of banning pro-life protests outside abortion clinics. So 77% British citizens approve of banning protests that occur in the immediate surroundings of abortion clinics, while 14% oppose it banning them, 9% not sure. Only 14% want freedom of speech, <laughs> at least for this. You know, of course, this is, this is, of course, an area in which there's going to be a massive amount of controversy. Now, what would Jesus say about this? 77% say, we don't want any stinking profit. It's coming anywhere close to me. For one thing, they've left the church. They want to hear any prophesying or preaching in the churches. So that's why, you know, 77 to actually it's closer to 97% of UKers have left the church. So 97% have already left the church. Last thing they want is anybody to show up at an abortion clinic or anywhere else on public streets and remind them of what God says. But this is what Jesus would say. On you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Hey, if, if, if God brought judgment upon the Jews... 
for the rejection of, of him, his law, his word, his prophets in the first century, what in the world will he do to the Gentiles of the UK in this generation? Friends, if the shoe fits, wear it. That's what I say. If the shoe fits from Matthew 23, 35 and 36, if the shoe wits fits uh, for you UKers, uh, wear it. There needs to be a bit of humiliation, fasting, a time of repentance for our friends out in the UK. I mean, man, this is, this is pretty severe. This is pretty severe. But why would they do this? Why wouldn't they ban other protests? Think about that, Steve, for just a moment. Why would they not ban all the other protests? Think about all the climate protests. What's that uh, 16-year-old girl out in the UK and other places throughout Europe protesting uh, everywhere? Greta? <laughs> Greta, that's Greta? her name, right. So yeah, what about she's, Greta? She's actually 18. Do, do we put her in yeah. prison for, you know, for all of the guilt-mongering Concerning concerning our you know carbon carbon crediting we're, we're racking up through you know, driving our SUVs and all the rest maybe we should put her in prison climate protest the Black Friday Amazon protest believe it or not there are Black Friday Amazon protests all over the wow. world all over the world protesting working conditions for Amazoners Black Trans Lives Matter protests anti nuclear protests in the United States I mean I just go through the list of there's protests everywhere going on all the time. The Million Muslim March, whatever that was, Occupy Wall Street. What about those people? They were yep. getting in the way of progress, right? I mean, it seemed to me they were slowing down some economy. It wasn't the abortuary. They weren't slowing down the murder of innocent children, but they were occupying Wall Street for a while. What about these people? Black Lives Matters marches. You know, they damaged some $8 billion in property. USA Today, other news sources are saying, you nothing to see here, not, nothing to see here. No prosecutions needed. Not nothing here. $8 billion of damage across the U.S. in the year 2020. But as far as I know, I, I haven't seen any indication of a single prosecution. You'd yeah, think it would make the news if it did. I, I did yeah. search. I could not find. Rather, what I found was compensation. Millions upon millions of dollars <laughs> given to George Floyd protesters from state coffers. I mean, they're rewarding them. They're like, hey, you, you, you ruined $8 billion of property here. Here's another couple million dollars just to kind of fund your next uh, protests. So that's what the state's doing for George Floyd protesters. The vast majority of citations and charges against George, George Floyd protesters immediately dropped, dismissed, otherwise not filed. According to the UK Guardian's analysis of law enforcement records and media reports in dozens of jurisdictions across the country, Houston, 93% immediately dropped, etc. Officials did not file charges for nearly all low-level offenses, like disobeying curfews, while they most often pursued cases with strong evidence of more serious crimes. Still, data shows that the majority of felony charges were dropped, which some prosecutors said was due to a lack of evidence. Mayors in every city except Detroit dropped all citations over which they had jurisdiction. The administration of Mayor Mike Dugan, a former prosecutor, pursued a high number of low-level misdemeanor charges, ordinance violations, even though the demonstrations were largely too peaceful. But uh, District Court Judge Larry Williams dismissed more than 100 cases because police refused to provide basic evidence, etc. New York Post, this is an article that came out about a year ago, hundreds of alleged looters and rioters busted last year in protests over George Floyd's murder by uh, police have had their charges dropped, according to the NYPD. Figures ripped as disgusting by a local business owner. In the Bronx, which saw fires in the streets, mass looting in June 2020, more than 60% of arrestees have had charges dropped. 73 of the 118 people arrested in the borough had their cases shelved altogether. Now, the 19 were convicted on lesser counts like trespassing, which carries no jail time, the report said. Okay, now we're talking about people that ruined millions upon millions, if not billions of dollars of, uh, of property. And, uh, you know, 
the 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 heavy charges were reduced to trespassing and they didn't get any jail time out of it these numbers to be honest with you is disgusting jessica Betancourt, who owns a brock's eyeglass store that was looted and is vice president of a local merchants association told nbc i was in total shock that everything is being brushed off to the side they could do it again because they know they won't get the right punishment well they'll do it again of course because why well denver has handed over 4.7 million dollars to George Floyd protesters, total of uh, 19 U.S. cities have agreed to pay out, get this, $80 million to protesters during the 2020 uh, demonstrations. Uh, and, and, and by the way, during the same time, we had tens of thousands of dollars of damage to our ministry center uh, during that period. And then police didn't do anything about it. So, you know, I mean, I understand. I understand what these businesses went through. Okay, so a criminal reportedly gets killed during a violent arrest. Okay, that's what happened. A criminal got killed during a violent arrest and protesters did $8 billion in damage and the state paid the protesters for their efforts. And so, uh, meantime, we stand against, you know, 100 million babies slaughtered in this country and we're persecuted for it. So what's the deal with that, Steve? Well, it fits the narrative of uh, class warfare. Oppre- uh, you know, they want to establish oppressor versus the oppressed, and they've already decided who those are, and so they need to push that narrative on everybody, and that's why they arrest the Christians or the pro-lifers, and they don't do anything about those who you know uh, damage. You know, pro-life pregnancy centers, you know, alternative pregnancy centers, uh, they've been firebombed, they've been spray painted, but they can't seem to catch them, you know, because it's been, you know, they're doing it at night. And so they, they you know, they don't have the technology to find any of them, but it, it, it's because it fits the narrative uh, under the, the rules for radicals that was written by Saul Alinsky in order to take down the country and take down, you know, take down this society because they want to rebuild it in the way that, you know, that they see fit so that they can maintain power. And, you know, anybody who is a Christian is not in line with that because we believe in one power who is Christ. And if a 74-year-old grandmother slows down business in a mortuary where they're killing 20, 30 babies a day, uh, she, she, she gets, what, $350,000 in fines and 11 years in prison. At least that's the potential. Um, while the George Floyd protesters have done $8 billion of damage, and so far not seeing much except, what, 70, 60, 70 million, $80 million of state monies flowing into the protesters uh, for their efforts. So, wow, that's, that's a wow. That's a wow. Now, I, I think there's a psychological and a guilt issue happening. It's, this isn't just, you know, random, arbitrary injustices. I think there's something else going on here. Steve, let me ask you this, Steve. If you were a Nazi, would you ban protests in front of Auschwitz where they're killing Jews? Absolutely. Well, why? Because we don't want to draw attention to that. Well, yeah. (laughs) And it's the sheer horror of what you're doing. Yeah. The extraordinary evil of what's going on in abortion clinics and concentration camps would resist, you know, any suggestion that it might be evil. Right? The extraordinary impropriety of the emperor's new clothes procession. Think about, you know, the emperor, nude, right? So the extraordinary impropriety of what's going on there would require absolute suppression of all truth-telling. Does that make sense? I mean, you don't, you don't want the little guy going, hey, mom, the dude's nude. That's the last <laughs> yeah. thing in the world you want. Because what you're doing is so, so evil. So, so ultimately incongruous with anything that anybody would ever consider to be moral. And so I think that's why... You've got to shut up the pro-lifers. That's what's going on here. And, and, yeah. and you want to reward, you know, 
those who are burning down $8 billion worth of buildings because of, you know, some questionable issues and certainly, you know, instances of police abuse. Indeed, there are instances of police abuse. And uh, I, I, again, I don't want to, by the way, there's a fair amount of debate still over the George Floyd case. And these, these scenes can be somewhat debatable, but whatever the case, yes, I believe that police abuse needs to be taken care of by the civil magistrate. I get that. Absolutely. Please take care of police abuse. But I'm, I'm talking about a hundred million babies slaughtered in abortuaries across America. And, and we're going to throw the book at a 74 year old grandmother who's standing in the gap and saying, there's something not okay about this. Friends, we're living in a revolutionary, anti-Christ, anti-God, anti-Christian moral society. That's, that's what it is. And I think you need to understand there is a God in the heavens, and he has a perfect standard of justice, and he will bring every work into judgment. Let's hear the whole conclusion of the matter, Ecclesiastes. What is the whole conclusion of the matter? That God will bring every work into judgment. Every work into judgment by hellfire, absolutely, according to his righteous standards, as laid down by his holy law. That is largely ignored by most churches in America, the media certainly, and anybody who's trying to adjudicate abortion cases or George Floyd cases, not using the law of God for that. We live in an antinomian age in which people are shaking their fists in the face of the morals of Almighty God, and God will bring them into judgment by hellfire, absolutely, by his perfect judgment, and of course, by the death of his only begotten son on the cross. Since anybody who who will repent of their sins and acknowledge Jesus Christ as Savior and receive him and believe upon his death and resurrection, they will receive forgiveness of sins, but only on the cost of his own life to pay for the just requirements that were set by the sin they committed. He paid for it and others will pay for it as well in hellfire forever. Why? Because God is a judging God. God isn't all just God. God is all righteous. And we're not expecting the civil magistrate to achieve any ultimate standard of justice. Certainly not now, uh, but, uh, but God in the heavens, well, he's in control. Absolutely. He will bring his judgments upon the earth. Absolutely. In his timing. And as someone once said, the mills of God, the mills of God grind slowly, but very fine. The mills of God grind slowly, but very fine. And you can believe that. You can take that home with you. And thankfully, his mercy conquers justice at the cross of Jesus Christ. So we would we would encourage all to fear God, absolutely. But stand before the cross of Jesus Christ and realize it's his mercy that forgives us of our sins and satisfies the justice of God. So let's remember that as we wrap up this edition of the Generations Program. Should we commit ourselves to the message of justice? Yes. Should we commit ourselves to the message of God's mercy? Absolutely. We do both on this program, and we don't set one against the other. Friends, you've been listening to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.